Hello and welcome to Atari Bytes, the show where we take a bite out of the story within a classic Atari 2600 game and see if that story bites us back. My name is Bill, this is episode 47. Thanks for listening. It's a peaceful Sunday, I should say, morning, here where I am recording. There's a light snowfall outside. The first snowfall of the season for us, where I live, actually. It's very, very pretty. Uh, The snow is heavy, big flakes clinging to the trees. It's all very gorgeous to look at uh, and absolutely crappy to deal with. Uh, I've already been out once to shovel. We don't have a huge driveway, but it's very steep, so if you get anything more than like four snowflakes, it becomes unpassable. Uh, So I've been out once already. Probably when this recording is done, I will be out there again shoveling so that we can get the car in and out. That's winter, folks, and I kind of hate it. But at the moment, I'm enjoying watching the snow outside. Uh, I'm sitting here recording. I've got the Christmas tree in the background. It's all very lovely. Exactly how Norman Rockwell would have portrayed it had he had an Atari console. So what's new this week, guys? I want to give a shout-out to Phil the No Swear Gamer, who you all know, of course, is the host of many things, including the Atari 7800 game-by-game podcast, which just ended its run recently. As a newbie podcaster myself, I applaud Phil for completing the run. Um, It's an excellent job. The podcast is great. You should go check out the episodes. Um, Phil, of course, isn't going away. He's got other things that he's doing. He's got the YouTube channel and so forth. And I have no doubt that he will pop up from time to time on other people's podcasts. And for all I know, he'll start another podcast of his own, in addition to all the things that he is still doing. But uh, the Atari 7800 podcast is coming to an end. And I just wanted to make note of that and salute him for all the work that he's done in presenting the games well and inspiring other people like me to get into the podcasting arena. So thanks, Phil. We never met, uh, never talked, but uh, I'm proud to be a part of the same community that you've been a part of. So good on you, Phil. What else is going on? Oh, uh, this has absolutely nothing to do with video games, but I have mentioned from time to time on the show that I am excited about the new MacGyver TV series reboot, and related to that, I came across something, I think on Twitter the other day, with a link to eBay, of course, for a collection of MacGyver toys that I never knew existed. I'm guessing I never knew they existed because it looks like from the packaging that these were toys that came out in other countries. And essentially the line consists of a little, like, three and a quarter inch or maybe four inch tall action figure that I guess is MacGyver? Uh, You wouldn't know by looking at it without the packaging, but apparently that's who it's supposed to be. And then a whole slew of vehicles. Motorcycle, I think. Uh, The Jeep, of course. Uh, A red Corvette that he drove in like one episode when he was undercover. And all the vehicles have his name stamped on the side, which seems sort of like a bad strategic move for a secret agent. But, you know, there it is. Also not canon, of course, because I don't remember him ever having his name stamped on the side of his Jeep, but, you know, it's been a while since I've seen the original MacGyver. I could be wrong. So, again, nothing to do with video games, but it is kind of a retro thing. If you're into collecting old toys and you like MacGyver, go check it out. Atari movie update. There is no Atari movie update this week. No news that I've seen about the movie. I really would like some news. I would like them to at least announce the screenwriter for the Missile Command and Centipede movies, who, of course, is going to be me, because... It's just inevitable, so yeah, I'm embarrassed to have to continue to keep that secret from you. But, you know, when I'm rich and famous and sitting in the glow of my Oscar, then 
you know, it'll be worth it. And in other news, there is no other news. Oh, except I guess I could plug myself. That sounds weird. It's Christmas time, and I've mentioned last couple of weeks, and I'll mention it again. I do have a novel that I wrote some time ago that is timely for this time of year called In the Saint Nick of Time. It's a Santa Claus story, but it's for adults. I wanted to take a different approach to Saint Nick, and that's where the book came from. There's some humor, there's some drama, there's even a little bit of gunplay. Please do go check it out in the Saint Nick of Time by me, William Pepper. You can get it on Amazon. You can probably get it pretty much anywhere you want to order your books. And I'd appreciate it. If you check it out, please do leave a review on Amazon or wherever it is to let other people know that you dig the book. Also, you know, hit me up on Twitter or uh, email me or something and let me know what you think. Again, not directly related to video games, but it is another creative thing that I'm pretty proud of. So uh, please check it out. All right, that's enough advertising. Let's get on to this week's game. This week's game is Skydiver, an Atari 1979 port of the 1978 arcade game. This is a pretty simple one. You know, this was late 70s, of course, early days of Atari. The games are pretty simplistic at this point. Basically what you've got, it's a two-player game. You use your joystick controllers, making sure they're plugged in. Left player uses the left controller, right player uses the right controller, so on and so on. How to play. Your initial task is to guide the skydiver onto the landing pad. Your ultimate task is to score more points than your opponent. To hit the landing pad and score points, you must release the skydiver from the airplane, open the parachute, control the downward drift of the skydiver, land squarely on the pad at the bottom of the screen. There are five two-player games in Skydiver. You and your opponent have nine jumps each in which to score points. Both planes fly across the screen simultaneously, but in opposite directions. Which seems like poor aeronautical safety, if you ask me. But, uh, of course, you didn't ask me. If you had asked me in 1978 if I thought that was a good idea, I would have said sure. But I was like, you know, seven. I have a seven-year-old now, and if you asked him if pretty much anything is a good idea... He's probably going to say yes, especially if it involves destruction, something gross, or something that really annoys his sister. So, there you go. Wind Factor. You must contend with a varying wind factor during each jump, except in games 3 and 4. The wind sock at the bottom center of the screen indicates the direction and the speed of the wind. If the sock is pointing to the right, the wind is blowing to the right, and conversely from the, for the left. If the sock is hanging loosely, the wind speed is slower than when the sock is flying rigidly and taut. You know, the little bit that I played with this game, I've discovered that it's it's nice to know the wind direction, but I don't know effectively how much you can do about it. The plane moves fast enough across the screen that you just gotta jump. Uh, you don't have a whole lot of time to wait and study the wind direction. I guess maybe as you're falling you can adjust a little bit with the joystick, how your guy's flying, floating, whatever, with the parachute, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe if I play a little bit more, I'd, I'd discover that you actually do have more control than it seems like to me. But uh, that's just my two cents at this point. The wind factor changes between jumps and may vary slightly during a jump. To select a game, depress the game select switch. The game number is shown in the upper left corner of the screen. To begin a game, depress the game reset switch. During the gameplay, the number of jumps remaining is shown at the bottom left corner of the screen. The left player uses the left joystick, the right player uses the right joystick. You have no control over the flight of the plane across the screen. Here's how to use your joystick controller to operate the skydiver. Push the red button on your joystick controller to release the skydiver from the plane. Hold on. What direction do I hold the controller? Where should the red button be? In the bottom right corner? They aren't going to tell me this time. What the heck? I'm very confused and disoriented. 
even more than usual. Pull back on the joystick toward yourself to open the parachute. Move the joystick to the right and to the left to steer the skydiver right or left against the wind. Anyone else got the song running against the wind in their head now? No? Just me? Alright, moving on. Scoring. Here's where to combine nerve and skill to beat your opponent. You only score points when your skydiver lands squarely on the pad with an open parachute. The longer you wait to open the parachute, the more points you score. You can score from 0 to 11 points per jump. How the heck do you score 11 points? Depending on when you open the chute. There's a point at the bottom of the descent where the parachute can no longer be opened. If your skydiver hits the ground with an unopened chute, you lose 4 points, and I'm guessing make a really gross mess. The maximum number to shoot for in all games is 99. That's a bunch of BS. There is no way you're getting 99 points in this game. I'm sorry. I'm just calling it right now. I don't think anybody... Hey, hey if anybody listening to this has ever gotten 99 points on Skydiver without some sort of weird cheat, I don't even know what that would be, but let's just uh, you know put that out there. You can't have cheated somehow, but if you got 99 points and you can prove it, hit me up uh, by email or... Uh, you know, send me an audio submission or a tweet or something and tell me that I'm wrong because I think it's a bunch of garbage to say that you can get 99 points in this game. The right and left scores on the screen represent the right and left players respectively. Okay, that's pretty obvious. Handicap. Difficulty switches. Beginning players should start with the difficulty switch in the B position. In the A position, the planes fly significantly faster across the screen, thereby increasing the difficulty. It is possible for one player to have fast planes using the A position, and the other player to have slow planes using, using the B position in the same game. The difficulty switches have no effect in game 5. Both planes fly at the faster speed. Game description. Games 1 and 2 are identical with one exception. In game 2, the width of each landing pad is smaller, making it more difficult to score points. The landing pads are placed in different spots for each jump. In game 3 and 4, the landing pads move back and forth. There is no wind factor. The landing pads in game 4 are smaller in width. Play chicken in game 5 with your opponent. There's only one landing pad in the middle of the screen. The first player to land squarely on the pad scores points. The other player receives no points for that jump. So there you go. Pretty straightforward game. I think I mentioned in the uh, field report that it's one of those kind of simplistic but addictive games. If for no other reason than the sadistic pleasure of watching your little stick figure plummet to the ground. It's kind of like the Circus Atari. Is that the one where you got the guys jumping on the uh, teeter-totter. That's kind of fun for the same reason. Uh, mostly because humans. Pretty sadistic lot. Skydiver was originally an arcade video game designed by Owen Rubin, released in 1978 by Atari. It was ported to Atari 2600 in the same year by Jim Huther. It's been re-released in recent years as part of compilations of classic Atari video games such as Atari Anthology. In July 2010, the game was re-released on Microsoft's Game Room service for its Xbox 360 gaming console and for Games for Windows Live. So that's Skydiver. After the break, we're going to pull the ripcord. Geronimo! Jerry Seinfeld used to do a bit about skydivers. He'd say, What's the deal with skydivers wearing helmets? If you jump out of a plane, at that point, as you're plummeting to the earth, the helmet's basically wearing you for protection. So what's the deal with skydiver? For a 1978, 79 game, 
I gotta say, Skydiver does look pretty good. The graphics are limited, of course, and it does look like a game with, you know, set in a universe that exists in colors not found in nature, typically. You got your pinks and your greens and your kind of rust brown, brown, really. They could use some rain, because uh, this grass looks terrible. Um, but, having said all that, it is one of these weirdly addictive games that is simplistic, but you just want to keep playing it. Uh, if for no other reason than the sadistic pleasure of watching your little stick figure guy plummet to the ground. Yeah, I just stuck the landing. Good for me. Um, it's a little tricky doing this by myself because, of course, this is a two-player game. But the show must go on. Ooh, my green guy. Parachute open, but he didn't make it to the landing pad. The planes, of course, look just like the planes in uh, combat. Hey, I did it! Five points for me. That was the end of the game. Um, Alright. Back to you in the studio. So, there's not a whole lot else to say about the gameplay of Skydiver. It's a pick-up-and-play kind of game in the best way that all classic arcade Atari games are. You don't need to spend hours figuring out how to play the game or immersing yourself in a universe. You just sit there and play it. So that's that's uh, all things in its favor. But does that work in favor of telling a good story, right? So all we're given really is we've got some skydivers and some parachutes and some landing pads and planes and whatnot, but we don't know anything about these people and we don't know why they're doing this. Well, I think the reason they're doing this is simple because when you think skydiving, you think one thing, right? You think Elvis, specifically the flying Elvises. Elvi? Elvins? I don't know. Whatever the plural of Elvis is. Uh, they, of course, are the most famous uh, parachute skydiver group ever. Um, perhaps the only famous skydiving group ever. But that doesn't mean they are the only skydiving group ever. Elvis was a lot of things. He was a singer. He was an actor. Sort of. He was a buddy to Nixon. Check out the movie Nixon and Elvis, which came out recently on Netflix. Um, it's pretty weird, actually. Elvis was not, though, aerodynamic, especially in his later years. Truth hurts, Elvis. Tom Petty, though, that's a body made for free-falling, which is why it is so perplexing that the flying Elvises, Elvi, whatever, skydiving troop is kicking the collective asses of the free-falling Tom Petty skydiving group like two gunslingers, outmatched and outgunned in the parachute game. It's a heartbreaker. Stop dragging my heart around. But even the losers get lucky sometimes. Now we got our setup for our story, right? The Flying Elvises versus the Flying Tom Petties. Who's going to win this rock and roll through the sky? Rising action. One day, the vampires lurking in the shadows rang the bell on the front desk at the Tom Petty flying skydiver office. They weren't here to find a friend, though. Lurking is fun, but they wanted something new, so they decided to turn this car around and were running down a dream of mass acceptance. People are usually scared of vampires. They wanted to show them that vampires can have fun just like anybody else. Jumping into the great wide open might just provide that. Plus, they paid cash, so the Tom Petties said, Alright, now we get to the exciting part of the story. The climax. Fortunately, the plane didn't break down. Damn the torpedoes fired from the evil Elvises. 
Elvi. Elvins. Whatever. They won't stop us. Let's jump. Yes! We're floating. Something in the air, all right. Learning to fly? Nope, we mastered it. But, oh no! The lurking vampire chutes won't open. They'll travel to the ground too fast and will bury all over the place, hitting the ground in less time than it takes for a last dance with Mary Jane. Ah, <sighs> but now things are calming down, the falling action. They manage to jump to the ground, then stand on it, covering their ears to the sound of the sobbing good girl's home with broken hearts, each one certain she's the one. The Elvises, Elvi, whatever, have left the building. Long live the free-falling petties. Or they would have if the lurking vampires didn't kill them. Don't do me like that. But no change of heart for the vampires. Guess this skydiving group wasn't built to last. I'll feel a whole lot better as a vampire. Maybe. Guess it's time to go home to this old town. Well, we're taking the King's Highway, so we should get there in no time. Maybe one day you and I will meet again. And that's our show. My thanks to Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com for Creative Commons' use of his songs, Reformat, Take a Chance, and Pinball Spring. You can find Atari Bytes on many podcatchers, including Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and iTunes, where you should leave a review. I won't back down on this. Won't be turned around. You can stand me up at the gates of hell, but I'll stand my ground. And I won't back down. On the need to leave a review. Thanks for doing that, by the way. You can also support the show financially at the Atari Bytes Patreon page, or pick up cool Atari Bytes merch, perhaps for Christmas, at Zazzle.com. Email the show at AtariBytes2016 at gmail.com. Like the Atari Bytes Facebook page. Follow the show on Twitter at Atari Bytes, or follow me personally at Carnival of Glee. And don't forget to check out my other show, It's a Podcast, Charlie Brown, for all your animated Peanuts gang needs. A new episode drops on the 15th of every month. And like I said before, if you're in the mood, check out my book, In the St. Nick of Time. Next time on Atari Bytes, we're celebrating the premiere in cinemas of Star Wars Rogue One on December 16, 2016, by playing the game Star Wars Jedi Arena. Be there or be somewhat less nerdy. So until next time, go play some old games. They've missed you.